Doobie doobie doobie. Doobie doobie doobie. Doobie doobie. I do hit it twice. Yeah. You're starting to sound like freaking Kyle. (laughs) Covering you from your LB1 to your taxi squad, this is IDP Nation. Manning back, pops, he fires to the far side. It's intercepted and running into the touchdown. Your home for the best in IDP and draft coverage. Daniel has time in the pocket, steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down. That's a sack. Here are the hosts of IDP Nation, Hollywood and Kyle B. Welcome back to IDP Nation. It's not Kyle B, it's Sean T in half. What's going on, Sean? I dig it. I dig it. Waiting for my name to be put on the intro. Hey, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. That's how we roll right here. Nobody's God, there. I, we were talking about Miller a lot, and I don't know how anybody drinks that freaking horse beer. <laughs> 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 Yeesh. Y'all can't so, see, it, but he looks awful. No, it's oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. I mean, anybody that would drink that would drink horse piss. I mean, straight up. So <clears throat> we are. We've got what two weeks in the books of preseason now. Yes. After last night, yeah. So we got one more week. One more week, and then we've got the, the real shebangy. Um, if you're a degenerate like me and you can't get enough and can't wait, we've got college football this week. Woo! I can't wait. Can't wait. You ready to watch Alabama? Really? Oh, no. Hey, that's the kind of shit out there that got Kyle fired right there. <laughs> it must have been serious because I haven't <laughs> seen him in a while here. So, yeah, he's been busy with his kids' ball games and shit. So we let him have a little break. Maybe he'll be back with us here pretty soon. Hey, kids ruin everything. I get it. I know those damn kids ain't worth the fuck. None of them. Hey, mine's grown, so I don't have to worry about them now. Hey, you're on your own, asshole. Yeah, I still got four from first. To seventh grade, however old that is, is Ooh, however old they are. That's a long prison sentence, is what that is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in debt uh, forever. Yeah, yeah. Now he started college today, so my youngest one did. So nice. That's pretty cool. Is he going to Alabama? Yeah, yep. he's going into Sean. I swear to God. Got him twice. Burn your ass. That's, that's twice. That's twice. There twice. won't be a third one. <laughs> uh, now he's going into the computer thing, so hopefully he can be smart and do all this shit for me, and I won't have to do it. <laughs> he can Probably edit my shit. Guy. That's that. <laughs> there you go, an IT guy. Yeah. We're moving Sweet. up. 
<laughs> or we're moving somewhere. I don't know if it's that. Yeah. <laughs> no longer sideways, folks. Uh, that's right. Uh, so yeah, we're we've got two weeks in the books now. The preseason. Um, we got one week to go. Um, kind of weird how some of these teams has kind of handled this. You know, in the past, it was always starters never played the first two games, then they played in the third game, and then they disappeared in the fourth game. Now that we've got this, you're kind of seeing a mix, right? So we saw some starters this week. I think we saw a little starters for a little bit of a run last week. And then there's talk of some teams starting some of their starters this coming week. So it's been a little different cutting down from four to three. Yeah, there's a few that aren't starting any of them, I don't think. I don't think the Titans have yet. I don't know if they even plan to. Well, they canceled this week's game uh, scrimmage. Um, so they did like a, a little inter-team inter scrimmage, blue versus white. So, And somebody was talking about uh, these, you know, these scrimmages, weekly scrimmages leading up to the games. It's kind of made them a little more interesting, right? Because right. um, you're scrimmaging a team two or three days of the week, and you're getting all this frustration and angst built up, and then game day it gets a little crazy and wild. So I, I kind of like it, and so I think uh, it's tough, right? On the players trying to make it, the rookies, the undrafted free agents, the veterans trying to cling on to their career, right? Because this is one less game than they've normally had over the years. So oh, for I sure. think it ramps everything up a little bit, intensifies it somewhat. So uh, I like it, but we'll see how it uh, winds up turning out here. I swear to God, I'm going to, the Cubs are going to make me lose my shit, but that's the type of point. So we got some news and notes. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the Cleveland Browns restructured the contract of Miles Garrett, which cleared up $12.8 million, which, if I remember correctly, puts them at 50, just around $50 million, um, over the cap still. A lot of money. Well, I think they've got a lot of money this year, but next year it's going to put them 50 mil over the cap because they've got um, Watson, um, Garrett, and Chubb tied up for long-term deals. I think it's Chubb. Anyway, they got three players that's tied up for like two-thirds of their cap. So trying to do this freed up some room this year to maybe get them some players. So we'll see how that works out. But, so who do you think um, they're trying to get? Who's left out there? I don't know. Somebody, and I just don't see it. Somebody made the case, well, this is coincidental that it happened right after the Colts said. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. John, yeah, sorry, my brain froze. Jonathan Taylor could seek a trade. And I'm like, well, why would you go after Jonathan Taylor when you have Chubb? I mean, if you're going to pay somebody, just pay the guy that's in your system. I mean, he's pretty comfortable, right? I mean, you know how rumors fly, though. So, yeah. So it's all 
whatever. They got a pretty um, solid line. Quarterbacks locked up, running backs locked up. Got some, you know, wide receivers there. Tight ends kind of locked up, I think. Uh, yeah, we got Amari Cooper. They drafted Cedric Tillman, our Tennessee boy, who's been doing good. Right. He's been lighting it up. Yeah, he's been doing real good for him. So, um, I mean, not to get off the track. Yeah. I, I, I don't know who they're going after. Um, or if they're going after anybody. I mean, when you. When you restructure, all you're doing is kicking that, kicking the cap situation down the road a little bit, right? So, if you're against the cap this year and you restructure it, you're just kicking it down to next year and the year after. So, <clears throat> I don't know who they're after this year. I, I've not seen any rumors or anything like that other than the Jonathan Taylor thing. You know, so that's just absurd. But I mean, whatever. you don't free up that kind of money when you're already over the cap without something kind of in place, right? I mean, is yeah. Well, I don't know if they're back. over the cap this year, but I think they're – they needed cap room. They were up against it, so. Oh, okay. But, yeah, $12.8 million, that's a lot. So, I guess we'll have to wait and see. All fake numbers anyway. Yeah, well, New Orleans proved that, what, last year or the year before when they were – Eighty ninety million supposedly. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. supposedly over the cap and miraculously by the season start of the season they're down. So yeah. Right. I, I think you can with these restructures and tags and I, I think you can kind of bend it any way you want to, actually, but <clears throat> who knows? Um Miles Jack has said he's retiring from the NFL after seven. And if that's the case, um, hmm. he's going to finish with 617 tackles, 22 TFLs, six and a half sacks, three interceptions, and 18 PVUs. Um, <clears throat> he went to Philadelphia with Zach Cunningham, right? They both signed one year deals. And now he's retired. So when they signed, I, I was already not a fan of Nicobe Dean. I don't know if you were or not, but. I'm not a big fan of his, and I thought the signing of these two kind of hurt a little bit. Um, but if Jack is retiring, then it kind of tells me in a way it's going to be Dean and maybe Cunningham, possibly, or Dean and um, oh, you got get over here. Nick Morrow was the other guy, and then uh, yeah, Morrow Ellis was getting a lot of camp and practice hype and all that. Uh, I thought Jack would be the, the guy to actually win all that. Just, you know, Cunningham's not good in coverage. Uh, Jack isn't great either, but uh, I felt he had the advantage over the other guys. Uh, so a bit surprised. Maybe he wasn't going to make the team and uh, just went ahead and called it quits or his heart wasn't in it. But it yeah, was I mean, for how quick it happened. Yeah, kind of. It did seem sudden, right? I mean, it's not like he just kind of retired over the off season, or <clears throat> or he had an injury that kind of forced him into it. Um, I thought maybe he might have a decent shot in Philly. Um, you know, to at least push 
Dean or whoever, Morrow, whoever. Yeah. Um, but if he's bowing out of the race, then that kind of uh, that kind of thins out the the competition, right? <clears throat> now, kind of looking at our lads, and I don't know. <clears throat> excuse me, so sorry. I don't know um, how much you're into them or or follow them. This was on eight twenty. And their projection is Morrow at the weak side, Dean in the middle, and Reddick as the strong side backer. Um, nah. With Nolan Smith, who they drafted, as the backup to Reddick, and Zach Cunningham is the backup to Dean. Um, I kind of think Dean will be on a short list, or a short leash, not list, short leash. Um, if Cunningham can play and beat him out, I, I like it. Well, I don't see Cunningham play in all three downs just with his shortcomings in the in the coverage game. So I could see him being that that second guy coming up, you know, kind of being that run stuffer, a bit of a thumper, and then coming out for, you know, passing downs or obvious passing situations. Um I, I think almost by default it's gotta be Dean is your you know main guy there and if if uh, all these drafts I'm in or any indication that uh, people are really expecting a lot out of the dude, I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm not so sure he's going to do that great. Uh, we haven't seen enough from him to, to really know. So, but he's he's being drafted so high right now. He he would have to be a pro bowler right off the bat just to justify his ADP. That's asking a lot for a guy who yeah, really – Yeah, I think at this point Cunningham's more of a handcuff. If you've got Dean, I think that's kind of where his value's at, right? Um, yeah. I know we, we were thinking about talking about um, the death match, <coughs> death match uh, league we're in, which is redraft. Um Top league, um, the autism speaks that Dan runs is kind of the same way, right? And I've not seen Cunningham <clears throat> being drafted in any of those yet. We're getting kind of down towards the middle of those drafts or towards the end of those drafts. So um, I think he's just kind of a a handcuff at best right now, in my opinion. <clears throat> what do you think about Morrow? You doing anything with him, or he's a not very he's not very exciting at all. Just to sit here and think about. I don't see him just put up those oh, numbers like, you know, Edwards did or Singleton. Honestly, I don't think that I've ever had Morrow on any of my teams, ever. And if I did, I don't I don't remember it. So Yeah. You're looking at such a, a deep league I mean, there. I guess to have him. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's value there. Um waiver guy probably. Somewhat. Uh, we, I mean, he had 116 tackles last year for Chicago, right? <clears throat> and see, 83 of those were was solo. So he had a 71.5% solo rate. So he's <clears> – from that standpoint, I like him. Yeah. Um, he's going to get you 100-plus tackles. Um, he's got a high solo rate, which is more points in fantasy leagues. So from that standpoint, I, I kind of like him, but – he doesn't offer 
much of anything else. I know he had a career high eleven TFLs last year for Chicago, but I don't know that he can replicate that in Philly, uh, especially with all the talent that they have. Right? I mean, I just don't see him doing that. So, <clears throat> man, sorry, my throat's all like out. Um, would you say Morrow as an LB four? That's that's probably fair. Um, I, I was surprised by the numbers he did put up last year, which was his first year as you know starting a whole season. So he just feels like an old guy who's been around well, forever. You know what I mean? Uh, I could I could see a four. I, I wouldn't go much higher than that at all. Yeah, he's twenty eight, right? Um, he did start 11 games in 2020 because he missed all of 2021. Right. Um, 2020, he did start 11 games for the Raiders, 78 and 62, which was super efficient, right? Mm-hmm. Which was 79, almost 80% solo tackle rate. So um, I, I guess now that I kind of look at it, 268. He supports a career solo rate of 72.4, which anything above 70, I think, is pretty good. Yeah. 75 or more, you're kind of getting into the top tier. And, of course, if you can push 80, that's you're, you're in elite status. So, <clears throat> for an LB4 that can potentially give me 100 tackles and I can get 75 of those being solo, I think there's good value there, but I don't know that he's going to have the TFLs in Philly, and I don't know. <clears throat> I, I guess he's their their other guy, right? Two down guy, besides Dean. That's what a lot of projections are showing. Is you know Dean Morrow with you know Cunningham maybe being in there too uh, in three backer sets or you know maybe obvious passing to, or Russian situations that probably bring all three of them up. Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't say what his coverage rate is or how well he is in coverage, but if, you know, if he does have such a, a high solo tackle percentage, I mean, that, like I say, that does give him quite a bit of value, but he's just not being drafted. So keep an eye yeah. on this. Dude. I mean, I, I like him as an LB four here because Here's another thing. Let's see if this sways you. You know, his first two years, his missed tackle rate was off the ceiling. Um, But the last two years that he's played, 2020, he got it down to 8.2. He was out in 21. But last year, he had a 4.9 missed tackle rate, which is damn good. good, Anything under five is good. So I'm guessing my question to you is, a, can he continue to be efficient with the solo tackles? And can he keep that missed tackle right now? If he can do that, I think he's a steal as an LB4. Now, I'm like you. I don't think I'd go any higher than that. But right as an LB4? Yeah. I think you got to take that, right? Yeah, and I'm sure you're sitting on everybody's waiver right now. Unless you're just as such uh, as... I would almost guarantee it, yeah. Because a lot of these leagues I'm in is 
I think you can go five deep on the starter at linebacker, you know, and then however you want to bench. You know, we're talking 12 to 16 man leagues. Uh, now he'll, he'll go pretty late in there as a, like a, a five or a LB six. So major steals there. Um, right. Yeah. Now well, let's be clear. You're, you're more redraft or, or yeah, mostly yeah. redraft. Yeah. That's and I'm more super deep. Right? I'm more. Yeah. Now we do have a few leagues like the listener leagues and, <clears throat> and some of like the death match league that Gary hosts. So, we do have some crossover, but you're more redraft where I'm more dynasty, but still, right. I think the appeals in the LB4 is there. I mean, it's, <clears throat> and talking about him being on your waiver wires, I would imagine he's available in a lot of dynasty leagues as well. Oh, sure. You said he's Unless it's super deep. So, you know, people see 28 years old, he, you know, he's, he's off the team. Uh, people get too caught up in on age on a lot of these players. Uh, it's more about, you know, yeah, and he just turned 28 in July, so and he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on him, right? Right, so now that we talked about that, I, I kind of like him as a if he can hold that spot, I like him as an LB4, <clears throat> right? Right, to be continued. Um, yeah, we'll have to put a pin in that one and come back to it at a later date and see how wrong we were. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, <laughs> um, so last night was the Monday night, the end of week two, the Monday night game, and the Baltimore Ravens preseason win streak came to an end at 24. And I thought for a minute, man, they were going to pull this off and win 25. I was like, holy crap, this this is happening. And uh, the Washington Commanders, of all people, yeah, right. of all teams, said, no, no, no. But that was a good game from start to finish. I mean, starters, I mean, I know Lamar wasn't in there, but, you know, you got to see a lot of Sam Howell. You got to see some of the starters. You got to see a mm-hmm. lot of the backups. I thought it was a pretty good game. I was kind of more impressed that Washington played as well. Dude, Washington's going to be a good team this year if Sam Howell can hold up. Uh, don't want to get too deep on offense here, but that uh, that Washington defense, especially that line, is fantastic. Uh, safeties are underrated. Corners are underrated. Uh, linebacker is a bit shaky, but if you got a really good, you know, defensive line and good in coverage. And cover the back end with the safeties. You can make up a lot of the linebacker deficiencies there. They, they should be a really good team. If you're in these team defensive leagues, Washington's would be a good one to pick up. Uh, hopefully, you're not and are into IDP. So, yeah, it's a bit silly for them. Yeah, it's funny to think back. Keep that as a record. The what? It's a bit silly that that was such a, a record for them to go 24 games without losing. Well, I think, yeah, I, and I think had it been, I don't know. I don't even know what second place is. 
Um, I think had it been like 10, 12 games, 15 games, it's probably not big news, right? <clears throat> but they hadn't lost since 2015 in the preseason. 2015, so eight years that they went without losing a game. <clears throat> and I know it's preseason, but to me it was, you think about that, eight years without a loss in the preseason when it's not like the regular season where you've got your starters, you're playing for a championship. Preseason games, you're trying to figure out what your draft class looks like, what's, what's your weaknesses. You're bringing in free agents. You're, you're cutting people. So while it is preseason and it is kind of meaningless, that's kind of impressive to go eight years and 25 or 24 games without losing. I, I'll just, and I have to admit last night, I was pulling for them. I wanted at that, you know, at this point I was I wanting like them to win. On the line. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, come on, man. And uh, well, if, if you watch the game, the, the pass interference penalty killed them, right? Um, and the dude, right or wrong, did the – I mean, whether you like it or not, he did the right thing because if he didn't grab the dude and pull him down, that very well could have been a touchdown and won the game anyway. So, um, it was just kind of weird. But, yeah, I was kind of invested in it. I was like, man, are, are they really going to pull this off? <laughs> I mean, it, it really goes to show, I guess, how well they are at drafting and, you know, just that front office as far as finding talent and, you know, what kind of depth they, they build there. I think it really speaks volumes of those guys. Well, they've got Eric DaCosta now, and this goes all the way back to Augie Newsom days, right? Right. He kind of set the he kind of set the, the blueprint for this, and that's just, I don't know. I'm kind of a, a numbers nut, a weirdo about streaks and, and certain things. And, man, I, I was – while I love Washington, I really do, especially on defense, some of their players, I was hoping Baltimore would keep this going. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you'll ever see this again. I I just don't think you'll ever see a team win that many in the preseason again. <clears throat> right. Especially, like, with, like I said, with all the changes and player personnel moves. That's just hard to do. Yeah, well, you're talking new coaches, staffs, new schemes, you know. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of movement yeah. there everywhere. Absolutely. Um, speaking of the Baltimore Ravens, they signed Jadavion Clowney to a one-year deal. I personally could care less. Um Back in the day, I kind of loved Clowney and all that, but he's just kind of not been the guy anymore, right? He's just kind of whatever. Hey, he, he'll get you tackles. He, he'll play the run pretty good, but he's not going to get you sack numbers at all that like you would you know, want from a, an edge rusher type of guy. What bothers me is, you know, I've been high on uh, Ojabo and Owe this year coming in as, you know, that rookie tandem. Really looking for those guys to take off. And so now with signing of Clowney, that kind of muddies their value for right now. Uh, we don't know for sure if he's going to take, you know, one of their spots or, or both or, well, not both, but, 
you know, Tyus Bowser was is there. Um, he usually gets a lot of starts, but he doesn't offer a whole lot as far as production-wise. So to to really see those two come off and just really go after the quarterbacks this year was something I was looking forward to. Um, yeah, so it kind of bums me out. Yeah, he may be taking up, you know, valuable snaps for those guys. Um, unless they put him up on the lot instead of in that outside linebacker role, that would be interesting if he kind of takes over kind of that role for like Calais Campbell or one of those guys have. Now, if he does that, you know, we still get the two young guns there rushing the passer. That could, uh, that could still be good for us. Because uh, I've put a lot of stock in David Ojabo this this off season. Yeah, that's kind of my feeling too, right? I just I don't know. I'm going to go in here and smack his dog around, but um, <laughs> we don't condone abuse. I just don't know how that's really going to. Yeah, he's all wound up today. Um, I'm with you. I have a lot of shares of the Jabo who I love, right? I think the thing with him, this is basically his rookie year, right? Because he missed all of last year with an injury. So yeah. you kind of got to take that with a little grain of salt, right? <clears throat> you have Odafi away, um, who is their rush linebacker. Uh, you still have um, Tyus, uh, Tyus Bowser. Yeah. Now I'm looking at our lads and take this for, like I said, for what it's worth. This was updated 819. And they have Bowser listed as the starter with Clowney as his backup. I, I do. Bowser gets a lot of, a lot of starts. Um, he just doesn't produce anything with them. And then they start rotating the other guys. Yeah, he's in. now Bowser is on the NFI list, so maybe that's why they brought in Clowney because okay. they're not too sure with him. Maybe I did not know that. So I could see that if that's the case. Well, that gives um, me more. Yeah, yeah. Um, free agent Anthony Barr, linebacker, visited with the Giants. Um, and that's kind of all I've seen. He's not been signed. Um, I think he visited you know, no other visits. Yeah, he, I think he checked out the Saints not too long ago, but they ended up signing uh, Galen Smith instead of him. Jalen Smith. <laughs> Hollywood said, "Yeah, I don't I'm know. I mean, they've got drinking Miller Light. Oh my God! Yes, it is. That's just fucking horrible. <laughs> oh, just horrible. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Bars thirty-one. He was more of a outside linebacker kind of guy, anyway, right? Um." Yeah, and they don't need him. The Giants don't need him with Ojolari and uh, Thibodeau. No. 
I don't think they need him at all. Even, you know, at the other linebacking positions, you got Okarike and a couple of young guys there with uh, McFadden and uh, Beavers. And depth at yeah, most. Got Beavers you, listed as a starter. So. We're just looking at a tryout here. He, he's nothing official. So he, he's getting a little bit of, you know, invites going, a little bit of uh, steam picked up. I just don't see him being. Yeah, I may take an injury for him to get picked up somewhere. His best days are behind him. Yep. Um, Philadelphia Eagles linebacker, outside linebacker, Hassan Reddick. Uh, we were talking about them earlier. He injured his thumb on Monday during practice or team, uh, team scrimmages. And he's going to have surgery on it to repair it. So they expect him to be ready for the start of the season. <clears throat> Any concerns from you on that? or No, uh, I'm not worried about him having his hand or not. We've seen Jason Pierre-Paul do it with a club. So terrible reference, but yeah. um, said, no, I, I don't see any big worries. JPP said, I'll blow half my hand off and still beat y'all yeah, Still get it. All right. So if he can do it, Reddit can do it. You know, I feel like I would want him at my 4th of July party. He's... <laughs> sure. Tell me I'm wrong. You're out there, you're flipping burgers, you're grilling you're grilling bratwurst and yeah. hot dogs, getting ready to drink cold beers, and then as the night comes on, hey, fireworks. I feel like that'd be an extravaganza. Yeah, I'm with you. It'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a pretty good story or two to tell about it. No, well, I'm sure he could probably show you a few tricks. I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not too much worried about uh, Reddick at this no, point. I think it's just going to be go. kind of minor, but uh, yeah, he should be one of the top, you know, edge rushers this season. Nobody panic; he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, the Miami Dolphins defensive tackle Christian Wilkins has been setting out practice and it's related to him wanting a new contract. Um, so a little bit different scenario here. This is contract related, right? Any worry with him? And I guess we should, we should kind of, um, piggyback that into our main event question too, because Nick Bosa's sitting out, right? He's wanting a new contract. So any worry with either one of these? Um, uh, I mean, Nick Bosa has publicly been holding out for longer, which I think he's holding out, right? Like he's not even at practice or is he? Yeah, he's not even there. Right. So whereas Wilkins is showing up, he's doing the, uh, the do thing is holding in. So they're there, so they don't get fined. Yes. Uh, but he sees, you know, Quinn and Williams over at the Jets getting paid uh, four years, $96 million. Jeffrey Simmons with the Titans. Jeffrey Simmons got a big payday, and now he's sitting here leading the league in tackles from defensive tackle, uh, like the last yeah. year or so. He had almost 100 tackles and 80-some the year before. Uh, 98 last year, 89 the year before. Those are big run stuff in numbers. 
big. The Dolphins are, are really good at up front with him and uh, Zach Sealer. Uh, he's wanting, I believe I've seen $100 million for four years, so just a million dollars more a year than Quinn and Williams. Will he get it? I don't know. Um, I didn't even know he was really holding in until just a couple days ago. That's how quiet it's been. Uh, I'm a little yeah, concerned. Yeah, it's been really quiet. Um, a little concerned. Not too major just yet. He seems like such a, a good team player and such a high-energy guy. Like I, I think he'll come back for the team, even if it doesn't get the money this year. That's my hope as a Dolphins fan. They need man. him because... <laughs> Yeah, they need him because you guys don't have anybody behind him. On I think Raekwon I mean, Davis is the next your, guy. Your starters are Raekwon Davis, Zach Siler, and Christian Wilson. That's your that's your three, right? Yeah. The, I guess the next best player you have would be Emmanuel Ogba, and he's more of a defensive end. Um, yeah. You've got Brandon Peely and Jalen Twyman backing up around, yeah. Deshaun Hand and Josiah Brompton as the backups to Wilkins, and I don't like either one of them. You got Brandon Peely and Jalen Twyman as the backup to Davis. They're nothing special, right? And then you've got Ogba and Randy Charlton, um, Taco Charlton, as backups to uh, Siler. So, from a depth standpoint, they desperately need him on the field because they don't have anybody at his level. If you look at the tackles that, that him and uh, Zach Sealer have come up with the last couple of years, I mean, these guys are probably the top tackling duo out there. And it's quietly the top two. Um, Zach Sealer doesn't get the, the love that Christian Wilkins does. And they're not put in the same categories as, say, Jonathan Allen and uh, Deron Payne. But, I mean, these guys are fantastic stopping the run. They're two big dudes that just eat up, guys. Now, they don't offer you the sacks, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, without I, that pressure up front and uh, the ability to, to get after it like that, you, you got to have it. It makes that whole defense flex, you know, work, run. Otherwise, you're counting on David Long. Especially to, if you're playing in – exactly. But if you're a fancy manager, you're definitely wanting Wilkins to play, right? Because you, if oh, yeah. you're playing most likely in position-specific leagues where you have to start defensive tackles, you're not going to find a defensive tackle that's got 187 tackles in the last two seasons. Right and now, that's just insane numbers. Uh, right now on MFL, I think he is the highest uh, by their ADP or rankings or whatever. I think he's the highest defensive tackle, and he's – pretty much being drafted in the top three of defensive tackles in every draft I'm seeing. So clearly nobody has heard the news, uh, but they're also kind of drafting it at his ceiling. We don't know how this new defense is going to look either with Vic Vangio coming over and kind of changing it up a bit. Uh, yeah. So for, to, for him to, to get that payoff, he's going to have to produce at such high numbers again. You got to be sweating if you know you're just now finding out the news. You got to be worried. You put a lot of draft capital in him. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, he's right there with Aaron Donald and, and um, Quinn and Williams and Jeffrey Simmons is the top defensive tackles in the league, even in fantasy. Right? Those are the top ones coming off the board, and he's coming off with them. So I don't know. I, I feel like so many times we see these players hold out, and it doesn't kind of work out. And I think things have changed a lot because of um, what was the running back from uh, Pittsburgh that held out? Le'Veon Bell. A few years back. Um, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, and it didn't work out, right? So I think some of these players are seeing now that, you know, they threatened to hold out a whole season, but look what happened to Bell when he held out a whole season. That basically right. just flipped his whole career, right? So I would um, say the, the other thing here is he's doing the holding in where, like, Josh Jacobs and Nick Bosa, they're, they're away from the team. They're just gone. And, you know, he's there. So right. it gives me hope that he's threatening to hold out, but maybe he's not really going to hold out. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do think he'll play. I hope he yeah, plays. Yeah, I think that's the whole new thing. It still yeah. feels like he's being that um, – Team captain and doing right by the team while trying to get paid. Yeah. Now, speaking of Nick Buff, I know this is in our next segment, but, um, you know, talking to Shanahan, he doesn't seem, or at least he's not alluding to any, to worrying about it, right? Um, he kind of says, you know, Things are where they should be or things are where they're at, right? You know, he's wanting a new contract and this, that, and the other. He doesn't seem too concerned, but I have to imagine he is, right? Yeah, that's got to be a front. I'd be freaking out if I was him. <laughs> I mean, that that's the key to my defense right there. The pressure he generates. Yeah, it's, I, I'm worried. Uh, like I say, you know, he's not with a team, whereas, you know, Christian Wilkins is there. So at least, you know, with Wilkins, there's constant communication. You kind of get an idea of is he really going to hold out or not as a coach, I would think. Whereas Nick Bosa isn't on the team at all. We're looking at what uh, Drake Jackson and uh, who was the bust from Vegas? Uh, Farrell, Cleveland Farrell. Is that who we're going with? Yeah, so right now, yeah, the, our lad doesn't even have Nick Bosa on the roster, and that was as of today, 822. So, wow. They're projecting Drake Jackson and Kalein Farrell as the starters with Kerry Hyder and Robert Beal as their backups. Um, I kind of like Kerry Hyder. I know yeah. he's kind of bounced around Detroit and some places, and he's been – Yep. Decent, right? He's no, he's no Nick Post or anything, but he can hold his own. Um, I have to imagine he passes up Farrell at some point. Um, he, can't, he has to, you're right. Yeah, I mean, and Jackson, I really like Greg Jackson, but he's just so young. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think they have to find a way to get Bosa back. 18 and a half sacks led the NFL last year. That's what you're you're missing if you don't get him back. Um, 21 TFLs the year before led the league. So he's an impact player. Um, the last two seasons, 34 sacks, 40 TFLs, 80 quarterback hits. And yeah. that's where it's at with him. I, I mean, he's, 
He's yeah. Th- those are stacks. He's had fifty. More, he's had fifty-one have. and fifty-two. Yeah. Yeah, he's had fifty and or fifty-one and fifty-two tackles the last two years. But that's not really why you're drafting. That's not really why they want him. Right? They want those superior pass rush numbers. So those are still good tackle numbers. Uh, for, for that's going to be a big blow if they can't. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it is. Um, with Armstead and Hargrave in the middle, uh, that helps ease that burden of him not being there. But yeah. you, you're looking at basically a rookie and a bust leading that. Um, I mean that that team's pretty talented. It'd be it's yeah. still tough to overcome all that. That's a lot, man. The pressures themselves. Which is eighty pressures or hits? I mean, that's a lot, dude. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta pay that, dude. You gotta get him there. Yeah, we're what two weeks. And he don't rest. miss, right? We were we were just talking about his. Yeah, we were talking about his tackle numbers, fifty-one and fifty-two, right? He's yeah. been under ten percent every year, missed tackle rate. But last year, one point nine percent missed tackle. That dude is dude, elite. He don't miss. When he gets you in the crosshairs, you're going down. Right? So, uh, yeah, they're they are definitely going to have to figure this out, figure it out pretty quick. I would have to imagine. Yeah, I'm really surprised there hasn't been uh, any progress made there yet. I imagine John Lynch, you know, an ex-player, he's kind of running the show there. You you would think that would actually help these guys get paid yeah. better. I would imagine him as a player, he's got to be a, a bit pissed off about it. Whereas you know Shanahan's got to be the the calm, collected coach. But there's no way these guys aren't freaking out. That's a lot of production just from one dude over the last couple of years. Uh, he's elite. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess that would lead into when he does come back. Are you expect? What are you expecting? Let's say he comes back and is here for week one. Are you are you thinking he's in good enough shape to put in your starting lineup? Are you starting your stud? I have to imagine he is, right? Yeah, I have to imagine he is, even though he's been away from the team and and whatever. He mm-hmm. may not have quite the fluidity or connectivity with his team, right? You know, kind of getting that bond and getting things rolling. But I have to imagine he's, he's keeping himself in shape. He knows what he's worth. Um, he knows his value. He knows what he can do, right? And if right. he wants to get that big paycheck, he has to keep himself in shape, right? So um, I imagine he's doing all those things, and I'm with you. I mean, 80 quarterback hits, 40 TFL, and – 34 sacks is just not something you can say, hey, go ahead and hold that. We'll bring so-and-so in. You, you just don't do that. Yeah, um, I mean, he finished sixth last year in the MVP race. So that should tell you just how good he is. So um, he was defensive player of the year, uh, all pro. I'm with you. I think they've got to – they're kind of up against it, right? I mean, the pressure is on the team, not him. Yeah, yeah, um, right. I think they have to find a way to bring him in. Because he'll be – he's still on a rookie deal, right? 
This is what fourth year, fifth year. Yes, he's heading into his fifth year. Yep. Ouch. Yep, he's heading into year five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta break the bank for this guy. Basically, he is a cornerstone of your team. Um, quarterback's still young. I mean, you got Brock Purdy, who's what second year, so you don't have to pay a quarterback a for a while. Yeah, so <laughs> may as well pay this dude exactly. and ride him out for a few more years anyway. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. So yeah, um, Tyree Real. Wilson was activated by the Raiders off of the non-football injury list. That's good. There was uh, some concern that he wouldn't be, as the season got closer, that he wasn't going to be ready to make it. But appears like uh, he's healthy, and it's just a matter of him getting in there and getting acclimated and getting used to his teammates and, and getting uh, getting coached up and stuff. So that's good to see. Um, yeah, that's good news. The New York Jets defensive end Carl Lawson is – yeah, is still out of practice with a back injury. And this is kind of a little concerning because I've seen different things. You know, he had the back injury. He's out. Um, you know, they drafted Jermaine Johnson last year. They drafted Will McDonald this year, which was a little concerning. I was like, eh, okay. This is an insurance policy in case he ain't ready, right? Um, they had brought Lawson back on a one-year deal um, for some veteran leadership. kind of, and, and he's still – when healthy, he was still a pretty good producer, right? Um, and then kind of in the middle, we kind of saw, oh, okay, he's going to be ready for the season. And now the training camps got here, we're kind of seeing the reverse. Now. I saw it today, and that's why I put it in here. He's still dealing with that back injury. That's not something that's easily fixed when you're messing with your back. It always kind of – Causes problems and stuff. Are you in on Lawson? Are you out on Lawson? I'm out. Um, I, I am out. Um, with his track record of injuries in general, already had me, you know, against the ropes a bit. So now, back injury. We've seen that take down, you know, better players. Back injuries. We don't. We don't know what the back injury is, but with his track record, I'm, I'm not fooling with him anymore. Uh. uh Hand it over to the rookies or the young guys. Uh, I want to see Will McDonald get in there because he has looked great in the preseason. I know it's preseason, rookie hype and all that, but this dude looks ready. I'm ready to put him in and turn him loose. I was, I was, uh, I was wrong on him. I was what as high as a lot of people, and from what I've seen in the preseason, I've changed my mind. He. He, if he gets in and plays most or the whole season, he could be a real contender for defensive rookie of the year. That's how talented and uh, athletic he has looked. I mean, he looks great. Again, it's preseason, it's rookie hype. There's going to be mistakes, but uh, I think you turned over to the young guys because you still got John Franklin Myers there. Yep. Uh, Bryce Huff is still there. That depth is is really good. So it's almost yep. you don't even really need Lawson at this point. Um, he's he's shown a lot of flashes. I think they brought Lawson in for more of a veteran presence, right? That could be, that could be. But I, I would start uh, McDonald over Johnson right now. 
That's that's how I feel about that. I, I think he's the the better of the two. So I imagine these guys are going to be rotated pretty heavily. Just, you know, these guys see firsthand what Buffalo is doing with their line. So I imagine they'll do something similar. Keep those guys fresh. Keep them, you know, which half of them are young, half of them are, you know, very solid veterans. So it should be a good line, actually, even without Lawson. But, yeah, cutting yeah. loose. I agree. Uh, Dynasty. Look, looks like they've got John Franklin Myers and Lawson as the starters at the moment. Really? But who's uh, uh who's the backup? Yeah. Well, and, and again, this is by what our lad says. Well, they've got Jermaine Johnson as the immediate backup, and they've got Will McDonald behind Johnson. So they've got all it's Lawson, Johnson, and McDonald. So I'm with you. I would start the two rookies. Um because I think John Franklin Myers is more of an inside guy a little bit. I agree. I agree. But they did bring in Al Woods, right, the big veteran. You've got Quinn Williams. So That's a it's not name, really yeah. a huge need on the inside. But And you got Bryce Huff. You've got some of these guys. So I think Lawson is more of a veteran presence. And he, he had a career year last year with seven sacks. I know that's not a lot. But for him, that's that's a lot, right? So – Maybe they're thinking he can be healthy again, be that veteran, and then maybe 2024 is when you turn it over to both of the young guys, um, see how they do. Maybe this is a, a one-year trial to see how they're doing because Johnson's looked pretty good in the preseason too. So, um, But, yeah, McDonald's. if it was me, I would start definitely Johnson and McDonald, and I'd have Lawson and, and Myers as the backup. Yeah. Uh, let see. Lawson's only 28, so Dynasty, what, what are you doing with him? Are you holding him, selling him, trading him, dropping him? You can't hold a lot of value trade-wise, right? Yeah, you're you're not going to get, especially with this back injury looming, um, and with the two young guns breathing down his neck, right? There's not going to be a lot of of value there. He is still kind of young, uh, has starting experience, has been productive. I think if you're in super deep leagues, there's value to to have him on your roster, right? Because you're probably starting three or four defensive ends. Mm-hmm. And in fantasy, I think that's a position kind of after the top, it gets kind of pretty thin, right? So. I think if you're in a super deep league where you have to start that many, then yeah, I think there's value having him as a DN three, DN four type player. Uh, I kind of like it there. Um, if you're having to rely on him as a starter or something like that, no. Um, and then I think his, you know, beyond this season, I don't know. I don't know that he's still with the Jets. So there's uncertainty. You know, if he's not with the Jets, where does he go? Where does he fit in? Right. Um, I think I like him more as a redraft player than I do Dynasty. But I could see some value in a super deep league with him. Yeah. Uh, just from strictly from a redraft perspective, I'm staying away altogether. Uh, I just – there's so many other defensive ends, especially with the, the whole true position – and you know, outside linebackers being in that edge category, there's no real read 
reason to hold on to him or pick him up, whichever. Maybe if he does come on later in the season, waiver wire ad or something, but I'm I'm out. Right. Um, before we move on, we've got to thank you, say some thank yous to our sponsors <clears throat> at MFL, MyFancyLeague.com, most organizable, uh, customizable, most bang for your buck site. Um, you can truly set up your leagues however you want to. Uh, you can set them up for redraft, dynasty, you know, small rosters, large rosters, whatever you want. They can help you do that. Um, Go check them out. They sponsor our listener leagues, so we thank them for uh, supporting us with that. Uh, we want to thank um, Trophy Smack. Um, they sponsor us by giving, donating championship rings to our listener league winners, so we want to thank them for that. Nice quality stuff, uh, well-made, looks good, feels good, um, and they've got other stuff inside rings. they got plaques, trophies, belts. The belts are amazing. Um, what they're doing with those. Uh, go check that out. They've even got stuff for losers now. I'm seeing, you know, I second fantasy football posters and flags and stuff. So they're doing stuff to uh, embarrass the loser of your league as well. So go check them out. Um, and anytime you support them, you're supporting us, right? You're helping us grow. So we thank you for that. Um, we'll jump into our main event here a little bit. We already talked about Nick Bosa. <clears throat> and his absence um, kind of mentioned who feels that spot if he holds out. Um, so we won't waste much time there. Um, New England Patriots safety linebacker, um, Marte Mapu has been lining up primarily at safety. Um, what are you doing with him what should fantasy managers expect <laughs> just because he went to the patriots i mean you're, I you're have... probably not getting a lot out of him this year right i mean at safety right i've been avoiding him honestly because i have no idea what bill belichick is going to do with him i think right now he has linebacker eligibility on mfl i think sleeper he has uh dual and that's, at this point, that's looking like the, the right option because I have no idea what they're going to do with him. Now, we kept hearing linebacker in the beginning, uh, kind of like Adrian Phillips' role, but Adrian Phillips is in that Adrian Phillips role, so I don't think he was going to get uh, many starts, if any, this year. Uh, I think he's going to be a project player that takes a year or two to figure out where they want to keep him. Uh, so in Dynasty, you know, I hope you got him late and then you can kind of hold on to him and hope for the best. Redrafts, he's not on, you know, my radar at all. It, not this year. But that's it's really confusing what they're what they want to do with him. Yeah, like you said, they kind of drafted him as a linebacker, and that's kind of what we heard, right? He was going to move into yeah. that linebacker, which was the appeal. And now you're seeing him play mainly at safety. Now that's a, if that's where he's playing, I don't want any part of him because they've got Adrian Gabriel Peppers. They've got uh, Kyle Duggar. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's just no 
opening for him. They don't um, start many rookies. That's either. where he's playing. True. So I, True. And then you've got the second part of my question here, like Nickelback Miles Brandt, right, has been really good this preseason. Uh, and today he had one interception. He, on back-to-back plays, he had an interception in the PBU of Mac Jones. And they're kind of playing him as a mix, right? Corner, DV, nickelback. So if he's in that safety group as well, then that's another name that kind of – I just think Mapu, you just – I like the kid. I like what he can do. But I think if you've got him on your roster, you're just – you're putting him on taxi and you're stuck. You're going to have to wait and see what comes out of it. Yeah. The, Cause you know, yep, with, for sure. even with all the corners New England has with all the Joneses and then uh, Gonzalez, I mean that that's already three or four corners deep. And now, you know, you got this other kid in there, uh, Bryant coming on strong. That's, you know, another slot or nickel or at least a backup. Then we there's three or four safeties you're already going to put over Mapu. Yeah. And then they don't run that many off-ball linebackers. So I have no idea where they're going to put this kid. He's not going to be productive this year. Yeah, I don't either. I think eventually he winds up at linebacker. Um, I just think you're going to have to wait a year, maybe two years. I mean, and that's one thing I've kind of learned in Dynasty. You've got to be patient with some of this stuff, right? right. You hear all the, the hype and everything, and it just doesn't quite pan out that early. And then, you know, you get – and I'm guilty of it. I get anxious, and I'm like, well, he ain't doing nothing. I'm going to cut him. And two years down the road, here he comes, right? So yeah. – uh, and I get it if it's based on your roster space and stuff like that. But I, I just think he's – if you drafted him, you have to put it – have to be comfortable with him on your taxi squad and being patient with him. The Patriots are notorious for moving guys around. So it's hard for any player on that Patriots team to to trust outside of Judon or – you know what Duggar can bring? Uh, even Jawan Bentley can bring you LB3, LB4, you know, kind of numbers. But that's it. Uh, I think even Bentley only paid, played like 70-some percent, maybe 80% of the snaps at linebacker. It wasn't a full-time gig or what we consider full-time. Um, yeah. If he's on the Patriots, you, you had to have uh, – been ready for that to hold and to it's it's a waiting game because just because you know he may look good next year and we think he's gonna start and they're gonna move him somewhere else again (laughs) right i think he's and i'm guilty of not being patient as well so i i get it i think his size and all fits better as a safety type role corner slot something like that it basically he's going he's going to be the next isaiah simmons we're not going to know for four years what to do with this guy (laughs) right um 
So here's some encouraging news. Of course, Kyle at when we need him. Um, Rashawn Gary is officially back today, right? He did some one-on-ones and then later was involved in some 11-on-11 action. And that's what we want to hear, right? That's that's music to our ears. Um, we've kind of heard all offseason he'll be ready, but we're not sure. And, you know, it's just kind of lingered on. And here we are into the third week of the preseason, and he shows up. So he's – and they've done – I think they've done – Green Bay done the right thing, right? He's your star pass rusher. Mm-hmm. He's still young, so you, you want to take it easy on him, right? You don't want to push him, make him re-injure something. Uh, you want him ready for the season, not the preseason. So the fact that he's back now uh, to start this third week tells me, okay, we've got a week till the season starts or a week and a half till the season starts. Let's get you back in now. Let's get you into shape. Let's get you acclimated to the team. Um, I think he feels comfortable with it or he wouldn't be out there. Um a lot of hype around him, right? A lot of people are banking on him as far as fantasy-wise. Um, are you putting him in that top tier, that second tier? Um, are you putting him closer down to the third tier because of the injury? Uh, what are you doing with him in redraft? Because Dynasty, I think there's a sigh of relief. You're like, okay, he's back. Now we can go. Redraft is kind of a different animal because you're redrafting each year. So what are you doing yeah. with him in redraft? So redrafts, uh, I don't think I have any shares of him. I've come close to getting him once or twice, but it's as a kind of edge three area. Um, and a lot of that has to do with who's who I'm getting as my second defensive end or edge rusher. So, I'm getting some better guys later that I can trust uh, or have more trust in. Uh, it's There's still no guarantee he plays week one, and I do think they will bring him along a little slower, uh, especially with Jordan Love you know, taking over the team. And it's, it's kind of a rebuild, but it's not a rebuild, kind of rebuild thing going on. Uh, so there's no real need to just rush him back. So – I do think they're doing the smart thing with him. Uh, it is very encouraging to see him coming back uh, at this point, like you say. Uh, Dynasty-wise, I mean, I don't – he's got to be on the edge of that Tier 1, Tier 2 that you would want. Uh, you know, he's still a young dude. He's shown some pretty good flashes. But I, I wouldn't be counting on him as a, a Tier 1 type guy fully. Uh, I, I couldn't put in that high. Yeah, I think I'd be more comfortable with him in that tier two. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Um, you know, they got Lucas Van Ness there as well just to kind of help on those rotations that should actually prolong him and uh, probably Preston Smith a little bit. Should be able to help both of them out season long just to, to be able to rotate with a guy who right. you know has such a high motor and can really get after it. Uh, should should be uh Pretty interesting pass rush there, I would say. But as far as yeah, as long as they're all healthy and can get it together, I, I think so. Yeah, I, I just can't, I can't fully trust him because of the injuries and whatnot. Uh, I don't like putting too much stock in him, but I am excited. So 
he was sliding right. in drafts, so I'm afraid he's going to start picking him back up. I, I think he's going to start going higher again, and then I'll have to be out on him for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, our next piece here, and this one kind of caught me off guard, and I'm a Titan fan, so and it didn't really catch me off guard as more as it was quiet. It goes against the narrative of what we're saying. Yeah, it's quiet. It goes against the narrative of what everybody has been saying or thinking. So the thought process in Tennessee is they brought in Aziz Alshire. He's the lead dog back there at linebacker, right? Yep. So the question is, who plays next to him? And almost instantly, everybody has thought it's Monty Rice, right? It's his job to lose. Um I kind of felt the same way, uh, even until recently. Um, and I still need to see different. Uh, but according to our lads, and the reason I checked was because I'd saw this on Twitter because Jack Gibbons has been balling out the last week or so for the Titans in, in these practices. And um, so I go over and check, and sure enough, our lads has – Gibbons listed as the starter on the inside next to Al Shire. So it makes sense because Gibbons is a Vrabel guy. And if you know anything about Vrabel, he loves his guys, right? Uh, he finds a way to get Dylan Cole of last year. That was his guy that he brought from Houston who played a pretty significant role for Tennessee. He, he left and went to Chicago. Um, but Gibbons played kind of – played well down the stretch last year. So it's not surprising to me to see him in this spot. But, again, considering what we've heard in fantasy, it's going to be Rice. And, and like I said, I kind of felt like Rice was that guy too. They've got Chance Campbell, who's another variable guy. I like Gibbons. I mean, I'm not hating it. I've kind of, you know, I've had him in a few spots. In some of my super super deep dynasty leagues, I've had already had him in a few spots last year because there was a couple and there was a couple of leagues last year where injuries just decimated my freaking team, right? Especially at linebacker, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do here? So I'm reaching, I'm grabbing at straws, and I had to pick up, you know, I had to pick up again. I mean, that's how far down I was. So I'm kind of lucky in that aspect, but I've kind of kept him. Um, I have to imagine a redraft. He's off your radar, right? I mean, he's unless, I, and I don't play enough redraft to know. I do play some, but I would have to imagine a redraft league. It would have to be super, super deep to roster Gibbons, right? So, um, both him and Rice are both overlooked in, in all drafts. Uh, people seem to be staying away from both of them. Yep, but. There's there's one I'm in right now. It's 16 teams, all IDP. You see, I think you can have five linebackers on your team, and you can only start up to three. And he is definitely on my radar. Uh, he's kind of the guy I got on the end of my list to, to pick up later on. Uh, Robert Spillane is another guy sitting right there with him that is constantly going overlooked. Um, we've seen Tennessee produce two linebackers in the past. 
Like it's it's not unheard of to to have two yep. viable options in fantasy at linebacker for the Titans, and I'm excited for Gibbons. Um, I I think you nailed it earlier. I was in the same spot with you. Everybody assumed Rice. You know, it was just you know, well, he's the only guy left, mm-hmm. you know, so it's going to be him. And I've been seeing this for a week or two now, and it's it seems to be gaining a little steam. It's still very quiet, so. It's it's a sneaky pick that nobody yeah. is really projecting out there yet. Now, next week, you know, when he's named starter or whatever, yeah. everybody's gonna be like, Oh, you know, well, he won, he's not really worth having. Well, he is because Tennessee is in a run heavy division. There's a lot of young yep. quarterbacks playing. I mean, God forbid something happens to Aziz Al Shire. <laughs> yeah, right. If something was to happen to him, they would be nothing. There is oh, nothing yet. There is no depth there whatsoever outside of just a bunch of unproven guys. Yeah, um, so what do you what do you think his uh what do you think his floor is? Gibbons? Yeah. Let's say he starts next to Aziz all year long. Hundred tackles, hundred and twenty. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's 120. I think 90 to. I don't know. Maybe maybe 90 to like 115. He's somewhere in that range because I think as he's Al Shire, he's going to eat up everything, right? I mean that's that's the that's the thing. They they want that stud linebacker. So I think if you can get 100, I'll kind of slow it down here. Shrink it down here, 100 to 110. I think if you can get that out of Gibbons, that's for a guy that you got for free. I think that's <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm trying to load up here real quick to look back. Last year, he he started the last two games of the season last year, right? Uh, week 15 against, or no, sorry. Week 16 against Dallas, um, like 15 he had tackles. 10 tackles. Um, yeah. Uh, week 17 against Jacksonville, he only had four. Now, that was a weird game. There's a big disparage <laughs> there because week 16, yeah, Dallas, he played 80 snaps, 100%. Jacksonville, he played 47 snaps, but 96%. So he was. Yeah. He played yeah. basically every play of the two games. It was the volume of play. So, right. Um, I mean, kind of looking at some of his other numbers, week 16 against Houston, he had uh, eight tackles. Uh, week 15 against the Chargers, he had six. So he had, you know, he didn't even play until the last four weeks of the season. Um, so he had 28 tackles in basically four games, which is an average of seven a game. That's with David Long in town. That was with Monty Rice and some of those other guys. So line him up next to Aziz Al Shair, and you tell me he can get seven tackles a game. Seventeen times seven. It's about one hundred and ten, one hundred and fourteen, something like that. 
is 119. So that's that's pretty close, right, to what you said. Yeah. So I, I think if you I think if you're 100 to 110, you're good. Um, and I and I'll take that, right? I'll yeah, take that all day. <laughs> Nobody has owned this guy. I, he's completely yeah. overlooked in redraft. I imagine yeah. dynasty. Well, that's the whole thing, right? That's the value. Such a big yeah. The value return. versus the production, and he's only he's only twenty four, so he's got a lot left in the tank. So, yeah, I would t- personally, I like him better than Rice. I just thought Rice right. had more of an inside track, and I and I right. think maybe we were all correct that Rice did have the inside track. I just think once the training camp started, things changed, and Gibbons is playing better. I think Gibbons just went and took it. Yep, I think that's exactly what happened. Um, and if you can get Gibbons as your – of course, you might be different in redraft, but I'm saying Gibbons and Dynasty, I think the outlook, the age helps him. No competition really other than Rice. 100-plus tackle potential. You're picking him up off a of waiver wire. Man, I, I really like him. I would say uh, – I'm going to say back end LB3, early LB4. I'd be comfortable with that. LB3 early might be a stretch because that position is so deep. So maybe LB4. If you can get him as your LB4, I'd be good with that because you're getting – like you said, you're getting him for freaking free and he's giving you 100 tackles. Right. You can't beat that. You can't. Beat you couldn't that. beat that if you stole a player off somebody. You, you just couldn't <laughs> do that. Yeah, I, you're. You're not even. There's zero effort um, other than clicking to get him. I mean, it's. Yeah, our our good friend Johnny the Greek always says he's worth the price of a mouse click. There you go. You can't beat that. Like I say, right now, and it costs you nothing to click that mouse. Right, you just go over there and. Every every league we're right. in, um, he is sitting there right now, undrafted, on the waivers. You know, unless you're, you know, probably yeah. your dynasty leagues, you probably yeah. got him. But if you look at that eliminator we're in, well, he was like the. Well, that's probably all the leagues he's drafted or gone in his league, but Titans fans or super super deep leagues, right? Yeah. I mean, if if we decide not to pick him up now, um, keep an eye. Because you're going to be after him on the waivers, assuming he wins the job and whatnot, which it looks like it's his to lose. Like he's already went and got it. Yeah, and, I, and God forbid, like I said earlier, God forbid, knock on wood. I need a piece of wood right now. But hang on, right here. That's me knocking on wood. If as Aziz Al Shire was to go down, Oof. Whew, Jack Gibbons, his value just shot through the roof. And then Rice has been shot through the roof. Yeah, there Rice. Yeah, I, well, I yeah. think there's value with Rice anyway, but I think he goes up too. Yeah, there, there would um, have to Rashawn Evans back at that so point. Pretty good stuff. Though. Well, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and I'm shocked he's not signed somewhere. Aren't you? Right. Jalen Smith got a job before Rashawn Evans. I am did. stunned he's not on a roster somewhere. Go ahead. Go ahead and keep talking. Yeah. So, 
the fact that Jalen Smith goes and gets a tryout with the Saints, gets signed, has a job, which you know, he had a solid year last year, but he was nowhere near as good as Rashawn Evans had with the with the Falcons. Uh, I can't believe he's not signed. This dude, let's pull these stats up real quick. He was a team winner if you had him on IDP. Had 159 tackles, 86 solos. Played all 17 games for Atlanta. And dude, can't get a job. Haven't even heard of a tryout for this guy. It's criminal. I don't know what he's done to everybody to warrant such a rejection from the league. It's wild. Uh, all he did was produce. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a clue what it is. And what's even crazier is, okay, Atlanta lets him go, okay? They're, they're saying go test free agency, do what you got to do. Fair enough. I get it. It's all about getting younger, getting cheaper, right? Well, then they turn around and who was it? Mikhail Walker? Yeah, they cut him. That they released? Yeah. So, I mean. That was depth they needed. I mean, I know you got Troy Anderson who's. The, yeah, so I just, I don't get, and I'm with you, with Jalen Smith and. I don't understand why he's not on a team. Now, this kind of goes back to what I said. If, God forbid, if Aziz Al-Shair was to get hurt, I would have to imagine Tennessee would absolutely knock on Evans' door. Um, but I, I'm with you. I'm just stunned that somebody that had 159 tackles and 86 solos is not on a roster somewhere. Wow. Why the Eagles didn't call him in with Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham? I mean, that's... And we were talking about missed tackle rates earlier. <laughs> Nick Bosa had a 1.9 missed tackle rate as a defensive end. Guess what uh, Mr. Rashawn Evans had last year? Yeah, 1.9 as a linebacker. 1.9% with that volume is insane. Look at his last three years. 3%, 6.6%, 1 1.9%. Those are all fantastic. You can't ask for better. That's elite yeah. missed tackle. Yeah, so, at a high volume, you know, tackling position, linebacker. Uh, dude can't even – I haven't even heard of a trial. he played 1,100 snaps last year. That's crazy. I haven't either. I've not seen anything. I've not heard of him being hurt. I've not heard of him being um, brought in for a tryout. Nothing. Nothing. I, I just – you know, the thing in Tennessee, he was kind of banged up and kind of underperformed. But he played 1,104 snaps last year, which was 200, almost 250 more than his previous high, right? Um, you can't tell me that there's not a team in the NFL that can't use him. I, I could think of all kinds. Dude's 27. I mean, you, you – I'm the Eagles, and I brought in Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham. There's no reason I shouldn't have brought in Rashawn Evans or any other team that needs a linebacker. What about Arizona? 
Arizona. You moved Isaiah Simmons to D back. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think right off. I mean, San Francisco, I know they have Greenlaw and Warner, but you yeah. lost Aziz. He could easily be your third guy. I mean, there's teams out there that need him, right? Um, yeah, you got commanders. So I didn't mean to get sidetracked on him, but that's getting just ready to, to lose there. You know, they're started. Jim and Davis, you know, he's may or may not miss some time this year, and you're going to rely on Cody Barton? No. Call <laughs> <laughs> Rashawn Evans. That guy was not bad. I mean, he, he's no worse than, you know, half the starters out there now. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's just uh, it's a little insane to me. But uh, we got some listener questions. Um, so, yeah, go pick up Jack Gibbons, by the way. Uh, put him on your roster somewhere. You you could thank me later and probably pick up Monty Rice, too. But um, yeah. we got some listener questions. Um, we've been dominated by Reddit lately when we've done these. Um and today, or this week's episode, we're kind of dominated by Facebook, which, by the way, in case any of y'all didn't know, um, we've had it for a while, but we've just kind of not pushed it. Uh, I'm trying to do that now, be more proactive with it. But go check out our Facebook page, idpnation.com, or idpnation, not .com, but go over there and check that out, sign up, follow us there. There's some stuff going out there, so... Uh, Appreciate these. And so all these come from Facebook and some other groups on Facebook. Um, Cole Blinner says rookie ID sleepers to target late in a startup draft. I think this is kind of hard, right? If you're in an initial startup draft, <laughs> rookies are probably on the back burner, right? Because you're, you're wanting to get your, your main roster set. And I think the rookies that you would draft, Will Anderson, Jack Campbell, players of that, Devin Witherspoon, players of that nature, I think, I don't know that they're not really considered sleepers. So for me, in a startup draft, I don't know that I have, I don't know that I have a ton of sleepers. Um, I would think the closest thing that I have for a sleeper is Sidney Brown, the safety, the rookie safety for Philadelphia. Because you're probably drafting a lot of safeties in front of him. Um, I don't know exactly where he's going in redrafts or startups. I haven't done a lot of startups. I've done some redrafts, you know, with the death matches stuff. He's currently – behind Reed Blankenship as the free safety. Blankenship's the starter. They got Brown behind him. Strong safety, they have Terrell Edmonds. <laughs> and I have to believe Sidney Brown is a way better player than, than Terrell Edmonds. So, and, and again, I'm looking at our lads. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. That's just where they have him listed. I would target a player like Sidney Brown. Um, I think I would target – trying to think. 
I think I would target Brian Branch late because I think there's a lot of depth in front of him, but I think he's going to want, he's been making a lot of huge plays up there in Detroit. So I think, I think those are two that I would kind of target, target late, but I don't know that I would call them sleepers. Um, how do you feel, Sean? I mean, maybe you look at it different than I do. I'm going to look at this different as a startup. So a lot of times a startup will have a, a draft and then they'll do the rookie draft. Like, so you'll have two separate drafts. So I'm going to look at it like that. Let's say you've drafted all the veterans. You're good. Now we're going to draft rookies. So, you know, I don't know how deep your draft is or your teams and all that. So let's say seven to 10 rounds on a 12, 14 team league. A couple guys I would still look at is uh, JL Skinner. I was real high on him before the draft. I hated seeing him drop. But the situation there is deeper. You know, he's he's behind Justin Simmons, Caden Stearns, Kareem Jackson. Jackson's like 35 or something. Probably his last real season or shot at a season will be this year. I think he was more of as a uh, veteran depth, kind of a teaching gig. I do believe Caden Stearns and Justin Simmons are your top guys. So that gives JL Skinner a year to learn and kind of yep, set. Yep. So I assume next year Kareem Jackson is out. I don't know the contract situations of Stearns or Simmons, but Simmons is no young chicken. Caden Stearns is being injured a lot. Stearns is on a rookie deal. So he's still on it. All right. But he hasn't. He's shown flashes, but we haven't got a full season out of this guy yet. So Skinner, I like as kind of a stash guy to True. hold on to. He's a big dude. He's a playmaker. He's a hard hitter. He's everything you would want in a safety. Like dude's like as tall as Julio Jones out there. He's like six six or something. Um, definitely a guy I would try to pick up later. You know, once his draft stock fell for whatever reason. Uh, he get, he got passed up a lot, so definitely one I would pick there. Well, the reason his draft stock it was injured, right? Yeah, the reason his draft, yeah, he was injured, um, missed the missed the uh, senior bowl, missed part of the combine, um, so he was hurt. And I was one of the higher people around on Skinner, huge guy, right? Huge build, six two, six three, kind of that. 220-ish top build. So he's got linebacker size, right? And that's kind of how Boise used him a little bit. Yeah, if you look at his junior year, they kind of played him more back in coverage in that traditional safety role. Um, And then last year, they kind of moved him up in the box more. And that was due to the fact that they just – they had trash-ass linebackers. So they had to have somebody come up and help them. But the the injury did cause him to – to follow in the draft, and I, I hadn't even thought of this till you said that, but yes, this would be a guy definitely a sleeper because nobody's taking him, nobody's picking him up. Even if you do, you're probably going to stash him on your on your IR or even your taxi a little bit. Um, and I think you're waiting because our lads have Stearns and Simmons as the starters. I got to think it's going to be Jackson and Simmons, uh, Kareem Jackson. I Both think of those guys are old. And I think, I think they're on their last legs. 
Yeah, I think you'll keep it. I, I think Jackson is, is your. Yeah, better. well, I mean, Ireland's had him as the starter, and I think maybe I would take Stearns as the starter, but I think Jackson's going to push him a little bit. Um, and Jackson was out of football, right? They brought him back. I think Simmons was kind of trending the similar path. I think he's kind of on his last hoorah yeah. as well. So I think Simmons and Kareem Jackson are kind of on their way out because they're just so old. So I right. think it's Stearns probably kicks over to the free safety. And then you have J.L. Skinner coming in and being your strong safety, which I love. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I like that. You're going to have to be a little patient with him, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah, good call there. Good, good call. There's one other guy that's been earning a lot of praise here, especially this past week here in the preseason. That's the Steelers. Um, Linebacker, uh, Nick, uh, is it Herbig? Is that right? Nick Herbig, yeah, from Wisconsin, I believe it is. Yeah, so just everybody's, well, I can say everybody. I've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of positives coming out of this past game with the Bills just on how, uh, well he was rushing the passer and really getting after the, the lineman there, which again, you're, Looking at a, a depth piece behind Watt, behind Highsmith, you know, Marcus Golden, anybody else that's uh, in front of him. Uh, Highsmith could leave free agency. Marcus Golden's an old dude. TJ Watt's not getting any younger. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be anything big this year, maybe not ever, but he's worth taking a shot at. If you're in round seven or ten, you know, whatever, you're you're at dart throws at this point anyway. Um, he's a bit undersized. He's only like 6'2", 220, 230, somewhere around there. Built more like a linebacker. But, uh, but he's but been getting a lot of praise this, this training yeah. camp. He's, it's worth a dart throw, I think. Yeah. Um, and I've got another one for you, and you're, you're going to have to be super patient with him. But I think he's such a workmanlike, blue-collar, lunch-pail type of guy, and he fits this team perfectly, right? The only problem is there's a little bit of a roadblock in front of him on the depth chart. And I'm talking about Carl Brooks for Green Bay. Uh, played for Bowling Green, was just a monster for them. Um, Devontae White is the starter at right defensive end, and you've got Kenny Clark at left defensive end. Clark is a little older, right? He's kind of aging, getting up there. So I could very well see Brooks being a backup this year, maybe next. And then you see him to start to take that next step towards maybe replacing Kenny Clark down the road. Kyle would have loved that. He would have, but you know what? He got his ass fired on his day off. <laughs> he ain't here to see this shit. So... That's what Kyle gets. Fair enough. Yeah. The one time I, I, I have some praise for some Green Bay players, Kyle's not yeah, where to be. Missed it. Imagine that. <laughs> we missed it. But good question, Cole. Uh, thank you. Keep them coming. Um, our next one is from Facebook, Michael Nagel. And he's got three of them for us. <laughs> um, 
He says, which IDP players to trade before it's too late? I already answered this on Facebook a little bit. And I had three right off the bat. Two of them more than the third. But I said Darius Leonard and Jamal Adams. Now, I will say it's probably too late to try to trade them already, right? Yeah, that because be of the injuries, because of the age, because yeah. of the depth chart coming behind them. Um, it, it's probably a little too late. However, if they both come back this season with a bang and it looks like they're both healthy and ready to go, from what I've been seeing and hearing, if they start the first, if they start the season out, I don't know what first three, four games, and they're they're gangbusters, and I'm in dynasty and I have them on my team, I'm trading their ass. They are <laughs> gone. I don't care if if Leonard has 15 tackles a game the first four games. I don't care. He is gone. Same thing with Adams. If he has that big playability like he's always had, if he's healthy, comes out, tackles, you know, interceptions, forced fumbles, sacks, which was the big thing with him a couple years ago was the sacks. If he does that, I'm trading. I'm trading him. I'm cutting. This is your last chance to cut bait with him if they do good. Um, I think that's where you're at. Now my third one is, and I'm going to catch a lot of grief for this, I think. <clears throat> And it's different, I know, in your case, because you're your redraft. But for me, my third one's Aaron Donald. And yeah, that's that's completely fair. I have been saying this. I've been saying this year after year after year since he had the twenty sack season, and it stands up. Now, I wrote an article a few years back when he had the twenty sacks, right? <clears throat> and I went back over the history of the NFL and looked at all the players that had 20 plus sacks. Only one person really repeated that. And that was JJ Watt, right? Uh, Reggie White was close. Mark Gastineau was close as far as a two season run. <clears throat> but traditionally looking back, if you hit 20 sacks, you peak. And I think Aaron Donald peaked then. That was the best you're ever going to see him be. Now, He's had great seasons since then. Right? Don't get me wrong. He's had a lot of tackles, a lot of sacks. He's been the number one defensive tackle in the league, probably still is the number one defensive tackle. But a couple of years ago when they won the Super Bowl, he hinted at retiring, right? So it's out there. It's already in his mind. And I wish I could remember who said it, um, but it was a former player said, when you think about retiring or start thinking about retiring, you've yeah. already retired or right. you're already there. So <clears throat> the fact that he's already said it, I think he's accomplished everything he wants to accomplish, right? The sacks, the accolades, the Super Bowls, the all pros, best of all time. It scares me. And it's kind of the Tom Brady effect, right? You, you have to play, even in dynasty, you have to play Aaron Donald as a redraft player. What can I get for him this year? And that's it. You cannot look ahead because I think at some point 
going to be like Brady. He's going to say, this is it. I'm done. And so I think now's the time, right? Um, if you're in dynasty, maybe you, <coughs> excuse me, maybe you've got a team that's win now and they need that player on for an IDP position, defensive tackle. I would trade him and, and load up on something I need to rebuild my team. I think that's the best, uh, best way to handle it. Um, Again, if you decide to keep him, I'm not hating that, right? Because he's yep. one of the best players in the league, one of the best players at the position. I'm not going to fault you if you say, well, I'm riding him until he retires, because I did it with Brady. I would not trade Brady. I just kept riding him until he said, I'm done. And in a couple of leagues, I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do now? But it was worth it, right? So I, I, I kind of see that scenario. But, yeah, if – if you're asking who can you trade before it's too late, I think it's Donald. I think he's the number one trade now before it's too late. Because, I mean, if he was to retire, you're getting nothing out of it, right? Um, and you, as long as he's playing, he's going to be dominant. He's going to put up numbers. So, first couple weeks, if he's doing good, then if I've got a weak spot, if I need a receiver or a linebacker or whatever it is I need, I try to package him in a deal and see if I can't get younger and better at another position. That's like I said, I think people will hate me on that. But. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you, man. Um, especially since, you know, going back to the whole mindset of already being retired. Uh, I'm with you on that. The first guys that come to my mind are yeah. Deron Payne who had a phenomenal year last year. Ooh. Do you see him repeating that? That was a contract year that he went off on. In Washington, yes. So I would flip In Washington, that. I think he has a good chance. See, he does have a good chance. See, the, the thing was, back before he re-signed, is when it, if he going to hit free agency and somebody mm -hmm. pays him a bunch of money, can he replicate that? Now, that scared me. That did, because I was like, eh, if he don't re-sign in Washington, I'm out on him. Right. Um, but when they signed him, I mean, he's still got Chase Young. He's still got Montez Sweat. He's still got Jonathan Allen. I think he's good there. I, I think he's good, but I don't he think may he may not be quite as good as last year, but he'll be close. That's why I'd go ahead and flip him, because I don't think his value will ever be higher than after last year. The other two, the other two, are at a, the same position, and that's the biggest reason I would flip them. Derwin James, who has never had Ooh. a full season that he has played, he's got the name, and he goes off high. You're crazy now. This is who I would get rid of because their value is through the roof. You can get. Another safety. Oh. You could get John Johnson right now off waivers for nothing. And he's going to give you numbers pretty close to Derwin James. Tackle numbers anyways. Maybe not the big plays, but you're not going to have that big of a fall off. And you're going to have whatever, you know, assets you trade. That's for. the big play. See, I'm still keeping Derwin James there. That's fair. Huh? This is just how I look at it. 
Um, the other one is going to drive a lot of people crazy. No, I, I, I mean, I mean, I'm with you. I hear you, but I just oof, that's that's rough. He's not he's not going to give Ooh. you a full season. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. And he's a safety. Like I can replace a safety and well, gain something else, depending on what you're getting back. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. Jalen Petrie, I would do the same thing. Okay, who's your other one? Ooh, a young guy. Yeah, what do you have? A year two guy, fifty-nine tackles or something like that. One hundred forty-seven. Can he repeat that? He had 147 with 99 solos. Five interceptions. Eight pass deflections. Value's never going to be high. Can he repeat it this year? Uh, I think he's close because I still think Houston is garbage. But I don't because I think that whole defense is be built different now. True. You got uh, Jamaica Ryan's coming I can see in. him being... I'm not saying he's going to be a bad player. Yeah, but the thing with Houston is their linebackers. I'm I'm not totally sold on their linebackers. Right? They've upgraded their pass rush with Will yeah. Anderson and company, but their linebackers are still suspect. And I think as long and and until they get a Henry Toe Toe or whoever else they have, until they can get younger studs there, I think Petrie still play. Does he get 147 tackles again? Nah, no. maybe not. But I would, I could pencil him in for. Buck I could pencil him in for 130 and be okay with that. I think that still puts him among the league leaders. But is value higher after that, or is it higher right now? That's your, that's your top two safeties mm-hmm. being taken over, stud linebackers, and some high class. I'll give you Petrie. I would probably, I, I would be with you on Petrie. Okay. I would be with you on selling Petrie, but I can't get behind the Derwin James. That dude's just – I know that sounds kind of hypocritical considering what I said about the, Donald. Man, but. I pass on that dude all the time because it's safety. And I, I, I get he's an elite player, but I want somebody I can have a really good floor with. Eight I will runs. say this. You're you're right if you're drafting. If yep. you're playing redraft or you're in a startup or something like that, I'll give you that. You're probably right. If you already have a Derwin James on your team, that's going to be a harder sell, especially if you're in Dynasty. That's going to be a hard sell because if you have Derwin James, he's probably your best safety. And I almost imagine your, your next safety is – you might have a safety two, but I'd almost imagine your next one's a safety three. And that's eesh, that's a tough that's sell, man. Redraft a, and stuff like that. Startup, no. I get you, but that's just what I would do. But yeah, I guess now that I think about it, I was talking about Donald the same way. I guess you know, I guess I can see that. But yeah. Oof. Out of all those players that we mentioned, Leonard, Adams, Donald. Derwin, Petrie, Payne. Of those six, which one would you keep ahead of everybody else? For me, it would be Derwin James. I'd keep him over all of them. I'd probably keep Payne. 
I feel he's a bigger advantage at uh, defensive tackle. Just, you know, with the scarcity of top-end talent and the longevity a lineman can hold over a, uh, you know, a lot of safeties and all that, especially with Derwin already not being as durable as, uh, you know, a lot of other safeties. So, yeah, I, w- I would keep him for, for those reasons. Right. The- <laughs> Leonard and Adams are already damaged goods, and Donald's on his way out. Petrie would probably be the next one I would consider taking. Right. Um, his next question from Michael is: Which players, which IDP, which IDP players are destined for a breakout year? A lot. <laughs> so my favorite well, I think we be, mentioned one earlier right if he can get the starting job and hold it I think Giddens is destined for a breakout yeah well uh, Aziz Alshair he's technically it'd be a big breakout for him uh, we've seen what he can do in that you know starting role with uh, yeah. with the Niners in the past and you know that's why everybody's excited about him uh, Jalen Phillips is another one that's gained a lot of steam this year. Just what he's been able to do and in coming into yeah. Big Fangio system and all that. So definitely, I think that uh, would put Gregory Rousseau in that in that group too. I'm hesitant there just because of the rotation that those guys have. I think that holds him back. I think it limits him. They do have a rotation, but they're old. They've got Von. <laughs> Von Miller, who's beat up and banged up. Um, Epinesa. Boogie they brought Bush. in. Young guys. Um, oh, yeah, Lawson. Yeah, but they brought in the guy from the Rams. Um, oh, uh, uh, Floyd. Leonard Floyd. Floyd. They brought in Leonard Floyd. He's not young either. So, right. I think they got the veteran guys. I and mean, I think they brought Floyd in to kind of help with Miller. So I still think Russo's the starter, and now we're what year three for him? I think so. With Phillips, I think yeah. he's kind of on the same same trajectory, same path as Phillips. So yeah, I think he would be a breakout for me. Um, Kyle Hamilton. Trying to, yes, definitely Kyle Hamilton. He's getting a starting role now. Mm-hmm. Um. Trying to think and trying to go through the teams. Yeah, I was doing the same thing. I was in the AFC North. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, if Caden, I mean, I could say some of these players, but yeah, Caden Stearns. Um, I'm just kind of. Some of these teams, I just don't know. Um, yeah, like the Eagles, you could say Nicobe Dean. I mean, he's being drafted like he's already made the Pro Bowl, but it's going to be hard to live up to that. I like Jordan Battle in Cincinnati at safety. I think that's going to be – he's going to be one that's – just the volume alone is going to have him a breakout candidate, right? I, I, think, um, he, I think he struggles to get that Of course, start. you can say Will Anderson and Jack Campbell, but – yeah, rookies is kind of. Oh yeah, I don't like putting them in uh, in breakouts. I just don't. 
in Cincinnati. It's Nick Scott and uh, Dude, Dexter. They lost both of their start safety. It's it's Hill and Scott right now. I think Battle will Give take Dexter and Hill. Nick Scott's the one that keeps uh, sitting out Ooh. as as a starter. I do think Battle will take him, but at least for the first quarter of the season, I think it's the Nick Scott show. I don't like it. I just <laughs> I just think that's where we're hitting. Same thing with Jack Campbell. He's not <laughs> right. starter. It's right. and uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez, I think. They're still not. Campbell's gonna be starting week one. Mark it down. They're that still happening. They're still not doing it. He'll be starting week one. Dude, this, it, this is where you get fired, right? Here. It's Andrew Hayes and we let you fired. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I crossed the line. I, like fans of one of <laughs> I can't let you. <laughs> Traded away Derwin James oh, and Petrie um, over Jack Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and his third question is, which IDP player is taking the next step in year two? So rookies last year heading into year two, who do we think is taking the next step? I'm going to go with uh, number one overall pick. Trayvon Walker. He had a pretty solid rookie season. I mean, it wasn't See, number I'm not one. A big fan of Walker. See, I mean, he didn't deserve to be the number one pick, and that's not his fault. Uh, but he had a solid season, and I would expect him to improve on that, take the next big step on a – Maybe trying to earn some of that draft capital. Uh, we already spoke about Kyle Hamilton going off. Um, Jalen Petrie's already peaked, so I would, I would, <laughs> I would agree with you on the position, but I don't agree with you on the player. You said Travon Walker. I'm going to go to the other end of the first round and pick Devontae White, right? I think he's going to be poised for a huge breakout uh, in Green Bay this year. Man, where is Kyle at? He, he is not <laughs> going to believe this. You got to put that in the title somewhere, right? It's a good thing this is recorded, so I got proof. <laughs> he talks about Green Bay every once in a Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> every once in a Kyle. Yeah. So, um, so I think Devin White's one. I think trying to look at the uh, Kyle Hamilton. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I think Thibodeau is going to be a big Thibodeau, one. Yeah, kind of injured was last year, beaten, banged up. I think. You know, I think right he takes the next step this year. Um, I mean, guys like Sauce Gardner. He's Jordan already- Davis is one. Mm-hmm. Right? He, he kind of got red shirted, but I think he takes the next step. Philadelphia is a weird one, right? So they've You're got right. all these veterans. It's Derek tough. Barnett, Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox. Uh, so Reddick. They've got all these guys, and now they bring in – yeah, they've got all these veteran guys, and now they bring in um, Jordan Davis. Um, Jalen Carter. N'Kobe Dean. Um, Jalen Carter. Um, all those guys. But I think Jordan Davis – it's weird because I think they take the next step, but I don't know that that step is big enough 
to be a for, for sure starter because you still got a Fletcher Cox. You've still got some of those guys in the way. I like Jalen Carter. I like Jordan Davis. But I think next year, 2024, those two are going to be studs. I do think they get better this year, but I don't know that it's a huge step. I mean that that's 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 kind of a tough. You expect all these guys to kind of take a, the next step, right? To some degree. I mean, certain guys are really getting thrown I think into. Jermaine Johnson is one up in in the Jets too. Possibly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You got guys like uh, Jaquan Brisker. You know, he was injured uh, for a lot of last season. I mean, he's expected to you know take back over safety and kind of Daxton Hill. Daxton Hill, you know. He's getting his first big shot. Kobe Dean's getting his first big shot. Uh, Christian Harris, you know, he's taking over the the full time start now as the main linebacker there. I mean, you, you go on and on with a lot of these guys. There's only a few I'd say would have already kind of peaked, or are just a complete bust and and gone. But I would expect all these guys to step it I'll up. I'll give right? you another one. Yeah, yeah, and I'll give you another one. Drafted in the second, almost third round, but late second last year. Brian Cook, safety for um, Kansas City. Honey Badger's gone. Thornhill's gone. They need a new safety. He looks like the next man up. So I would expect just volume alone. He he takes a good stride. That was a a camp battle we were talking about a while back with uh, him and uh, Mike Edwards. Yep. Yeah, I haven't seen a big winner in yep. that yet I'm, I'm still kind of i don't I don't know where that's progressed to be honest I with you I, I haven't seen one way or the other troy anderson yeah I, mean, I haven't was, seen a big one and i guess nicobe dean would be there too right if he's if yeah. he i mean he didn't play a lot last year now he's projected as a starter linebacker i would have to imagine his numbers are going to go way up if that's true uh, Troy Anderson, man, he came on late last year after taking over for for Walker, and now he's you know thrown into that main start position. Um, yeah, Walker's completely gone. Evans is gone. Another sneaky one would be Christian Harris in Houston too. Already said that one. Oh, yeah. Well, Kyle's fired. Ten, you, yeah, <laughs> damn it, Kyle. Um. That's a Tennessee lag. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Um, so that's his his questions. We got a couple more here. Um, another one from Facebook. As I said, they were they were on it this year um, or this week. Derek Gilarosqui, I hope is how I say that. Um, apologies if I got your name wrong. He wants to know, is Jordan Brooks better to sell now or hold on to? Oof. I think that, that was my exact <laughs> answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was. Injury. And I laughed just like that. Too. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The injury hurts his value. But the fact that he's already off the pup now and it's you know, at least cleared in that perspective, it increases his value back, but it's still not where it was. So I think if you sell now, you're not going to get a big return. I think you would sell 
later this season, maybe even next year. Um, I do think he comes back and he comes back as, you know, a top guy. But, dude, it hasn't been that long since he got injured. It, the fact he's even off a pup is phenomenal. I don't know. That doesn't mean he's practicing. Or, yeah, you know, that's crazy. Uh, it's superhuman, which I think it's a contract year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure motivation is there. But I think you have to hold for at least half the season for him to gain some of that value back. Yes, because, yeah, exactly. And and if he, you know, if you're half the season in, yeah, and he's doing what he's done the last two years, then you're holding him anyway. Because I don't know that anybody's going to give you what you want for him. Right. Um, I think he's a hold. Yeah. Uh, one, because like you said, you're not going to get the value for him right now because of the injury. But two, if he bounces back and is and is what he's been the last two years. Dude, he's going to be a monster. I know Wagner's back now, but Wagner's days are kind of like Aaron Donald, right? They're numbered. We see Wagner and Brooks both. I know in redraft it's different, but in dynasty, I think you hold. Yeah, we've seen those guys paired up before, and both of them have, you know, elite seasons together. Um, Of course, Seattle's always been that very uh, IDP-friendly, you know, stat crew. So there's there's always that helping him. That would probably hurt his value more than anything. Is going to another team that doesn't like giving out all those assists <laughs> and tackles. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you, you got to hold right now, yeah. anyways. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and then our last question is from Twitter, one of our good listeners and followers, Sal Cusimano, and he says we've kind of touched on this a little bit. Uh, how would you go about picking rookies in a rookie draft with IDP and offense? So a combined rookie draft, for example, with all things being equal, when you draft, when do you draft Will Anderson or Jack Campbell, among others, when you are choosing between Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, or other players like that? This is based on your scenario. That for me, this is pretty. It's all about what your roster needs are. That's a set for me. Now, everybody else may be different, but if I'm struggling at, if I need a defensive end and I'm pretty set at wide receiver, I'm going to go ahead and take Will Anderson. We just saw what he did the other night. He just absolutely just steamrolled that running back or fullback for the sack. I mean, just, and that's no surprise. That's what we saw him do at Alabama, right? I think you're going to see more of that. Jack Campbell, I think he's going to start in Detroit. They didn't take him at 18 overall in the first round and move up to get him to sit the bench. I know Anzalone's there, but it's going to be Jack Campbell's show, and everybody else is going to have to deal with it. Um, I love Zay Flowers. I really do. I like Josh Downs. Um for me personally, I don't think it's so much player versus player. Anderson versus Flowers, Campbell's versus Down. I think it's more more what your need positionally is. Um, now, if, you, if your need is kind of equal, then then yeah, I probably take Flowers over 
over the other ones, maybe. But I don't know. Will Anderson's generational. Jack Campbell's in a perfect role. Right. It's hard to trust I, that Ravens offense. <laughs> I don't know. I, like that kind of thing would push me more. To yeah, and, I, and like I said, I love Zay Flowers, but yeah, he looks phenomenal. He does. Yeah, but need is yeah. where I go. Um, I'm going for need, and then once once I feel yeah. I've got those those holes filled, then it's more of who do I have ranked higher? Is you know who's the best player available after that? So that's I, I do the same thing. Yeah, because I've got a league where I think I took it over last year. Well, no, 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 no. I took it over this year. I took it over this year, and it's a super deep league. I mean, super deep. High buy-in, so the owners are invested. It's a $100 buy-in. For some reason, dude paid the buy-in, had been with the league for three or four years, and all of a sudden – he said, eh, I'm out. They couldn't even reach him. They couldn't get a hold of him. Wow. He's like, hey, do you want to take this over? The league will be free this year. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> so I passed on some really good players. Right. And I, I kind of regret it in a way. But it's a start to – it's a start a minimum of two tight ends. Tight end premium, and it's Ooh. Debbie, right? So – but his tight end position was straight garbage. And this was so a good draft. That third, fourth, yeah, that third, fourth, and fifth round, I kind of had to pass over players that I really wanted. Yeah. Because of the need at tight end and the scoring. So I had to take a Luke Musgrave. I had to take a Darnell Washington. Nice. Um, I kind of had to reach a little bit for those because the need of the position was there. Um, I wish that I wish I'd have had better players there, so I could have actually just kind of went by my board mm-hmm. overall. But sometimes you can't do best player overall. Sometimes you have to hit position of need based right. on the scoring, right? Well, you got to look at you know if you really wanted Jack Campbell, and then you got to look at. I assume you're starting three, four linebackers, something like that. Would he actually be the starter on your team? You know what I mean? Uh, like, so that's another yep. deciding factor. I've got to have a tight end. He wouldn't even start for me this year. So I got to take the tight end, even though, you know, Jack Campbell was there or whatever. That's, that's kind of how I look at it. You got to, got to be flexible on that stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, now no, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to reach down and take a uh, a Darnell Washington over a Will Anderson or something like that. But that those players were already gone, right? And yeah, you know, third, fourth, and fifth round with that need, I had to reach out for a tight end. So right. But that's a good question because there's a lot of people has that same thought right there. You know, they, I guess that's one thing I've talked about for a long time with Dan and Kyle and, and you and, and everybody else. That's one of the biggest questions from our listeners is kind of 
they don't know how to value IDP. IDP versus offense. Yeah. And then they really don't know how to value rookie IDP versus rookie offense. So I mean it's it's the same, you know, when uh when we get new new guys into IDP, that's the first thing. When when should I start taking IDP in a draft? Where you know, uh who should I take first? You know, what position and then then how many of each position? Like it, there's a lot to it and do you really need that fifth running back before you take your second linebacker? Um, offense is valued so much more highly than IDP. And a, a lot of it is probably the depth that IDP has, uh, especially certain positions. So I, I get where people are coming from. Man. They're used to, you know, offense ruling their world. So now defense is, is always kind of, undervalued when in reality some of these guys are scoring way higher than a lot of your offensive players. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, um, Different, and I understand there's a big difference when you go from offense to defense, and and a lot of leagues, even defensive leagues, right? Even leagues with IDP, a lot of times defense is an afterthought, scoring wise, whatever, position wise. You have to know your scoring. You have to know your positional start limits and roster limits. If all things is equal, which is the leagues that I love to play, right? So any player that you have on your roster can lead the league in scoring. Quarterback, safety, tight end, defensive tackle, linebacker, running back, receiver. Any player can lead your league. And that's when my leagues, that's how they're kind of set up, right? Any player can lead in scoring. So I like that. I think where the difference is is when defense is kind of an afterthought. You know, they don't score near what the offense does. So mm-hmm. a lot of fantasy managers, they just don't understand or they're new to it, right, because it's their first year playing, second yeah. year playing. They're, they're, and I always tell the same story. I had played offensive only for years. I was kind of like, man – I wish there was defensive leagues. I kind of checked into it. And the first league I ever played on was ESPN or not ESPN, NFL.com. And it was a, it was a league where you start one defensive lineman, one linebacker, one defensive back. Yep. Yep. And I was like, man, this is, this is great. Right. I was like, I love this. And but the next more. year, I was like, well, there's got to be more to this, right? Other than just three players. And I took that, you know, that year I took, I jumped off the DBN and went full <laughs> blown starting 11 plus IDPs, position nice. specific, you know, it, and it was overwhelming. It was, I ain't gonna lie. But I loved it and I never turned back. And I think that's so I can understand where the overwhelmingness and the not understanding the value of players comes from. Um, again, a long story short, I know I rambled here, but I think you got to look at your team needs. Yeah. 
here's what I do. I'll kind of simplify it. So every year I do the rookie stuff, and I make me a rookie draft board. And if you follow some of my work on IDPNation.com or over at our Patreon, IDP Nation Patreon, I rank the rookies defensively. I rank probably 75 to 100. Then I go back and start making me a draft board with the offense, and I kind of start tearing them in, right? You know, this offense, I do offense up to 100. I do defense up to 100, and I leave them separate. Then I look at what my team needs. Like, do I need defensive ends? Do I need wide receivers? Do I need tight ends? A lot of people try to mix those or mesh those together. I leave them separate. I have 100 offensive. I have 100 defensive. And then I look at my roster. Where is my need? And I go from there. Um, now, naturally, like I said, I'm not going to take the 30th or 40th player offensively when Will Anderson's still on the board. I'm not going to do that. I'm taking Will Anderson all day. I'm going to take Jack Campbell all day. So I think you've got to kind of – that's how you learn. That's how I learned. Right? That's kind of how I learned how the value of um, Know your scoring. There you're scoring. You know, if cornerbacks and defensive tackles don't score shit, then you're not going to worry about it, right? If tight ends don't have a premium, you're kind of not worrying about them if you don't have to start a lot of them. So I just kind of break it down that way. That's how I learned. I like doing uh, tiers. So instead of actual, you know, this guy's number one, this guy's number two, these two guys are tier one. These two guys are tier two. These eight guys are tier three. So if we've, we're down to tier two or tier three in, you know, running back and wide receiver, and I got tier one sitting over there at edge, you know, edge rushers or linebackers, then if I don't have any pressing needs, like say, you know, it depends on what your needs are as well, then I'm going to go ahead and jump over and start taking those guys because now – that's where I see that their value is over what I had the other guys valued at. That's where I jump back and forth. I, right. I find the tiers to be so much easier than trying to nitpick. Is this guy third on my list or is he fourth? Well, they're probably both tier two. I mean, that's the easiest. I'll be happy with either one of those guys slightly more. This guy, if you know, whatever circumstances are in play there, but, I find tears to be so much more relaxing instead of beating your head against the wall, trying to figure out the slight difference between this guy and that guy. Because <laughs> a lot of people talk yeah. to themselves. I mean, the rankings itself can be a lot. Yeah. I do get the tears. I do kind of like that. And, and maybe for first timers or people just getting into it, tears may actually be the way to go. Um, I think once you get into it a little bit, start digging into it and playing it a little bit, I think your actual rankings, because I mean, rankings can be, while they're tough, they can be beneficial, right? Because you're, you're kind of looking more at actual depth charts, um, team fits, team needs, your roster needs. You know, I think if you're in basic position, you mm-hmm. go by tiers. 
And I think that's kind of the difference in the leagues, right? Basic position tiers, specific position, you're probably looking more at rankings. Because if you're in specific position, you're probably in deeper leagues with deeper rosters. So you kind of got to, you're kind of fine tuning a little more, if that makes sense. I can see in your world where you play straight redraft, tiers is definitely the way to go. Absolutely the way to go. Um, and we got one more question from Twitter. Nick Brugnoli, a longtime follower. Thank you, Nick, for uh, sending questions over the years. Um, what should we expect from rookie defenders such as Miles Murphy, Lucas Van Ness, and Will McDonald? What second year IDP, IDP players are you high on? Uh, we kind of touched on the second year guys that we thought would break out. Um, yeah. So I don't think we really need to go there. But um, rookie defenders, Miles Murphy, these three here are all kind of similar, right? Murphy, Vaness, McDonald. And I think in my rankings, I would have them ranked the opposite of what just they're like listening. that Murphy, Vaness, McDonald, right? Well, no, 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 no. I think I would be close to what it is. Vaness, Murphy, put, McDonald. See, I would, I would hear that. Go ahead. I think Preston Smith is old. His days are numbered in Green Bay. They have Rashawn Gary, but they need somebody on the outside, right? Lucas Vaness is a freak out of Iowa. Um, I think he's the next man up. I think he's there. Miles Murphy, you're going to have to wait because there's a roadblock, right? They've got Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard up there. They're going to have to pay. I've been saying this. They're going to have to pay Joe Burrow soon. So maybe not this year. The next year, I think one of those guys is gone. Miles Murphy steps in. He's the guy opposite of whoever they keep. Will McDonald, I think it's kind of the same way. Carl Lawson's gone. Him and Jermaine Johnson, we talked about it earlier. I think they're the two in New York. So I think you're going to have to wait a little bit on both of those. If I had to pick a rookie right now, I think I would go Vaness because I think Smith is a little older. Green Bay's not as – they're not much as – out of the three teams, I think Green Bay's the less contender. Cincinnati, New York are definitely playoff contenders, Super Bowl contenders for Cincinnati. Green Bay, I think they still have a lot to figure out with Love and all those guys. So I think Van Ness will play a little more this year. Um, I like all three of them. If I could have all three of them on my team, I would in Dynasty because I think they're that good. Yeah, absolutely. All that. I agree with you there. Um, I agree with you that Murphy is probably on the bottom of that list just based on opportunity because he is behind them. Hendrickson, Hubbard. Osai is still there. So uh, I think it puts him at fourth at best right now. Uh, and I will swap the other two because I think Will McDonald has shown he is more ready than the other two. And I think has a little clear, little clearer path, especially with Carl Lawson injured for a rotation piece. Uh, I think Preston Smith is still the, the the main guy in Green Bay, just based off experience and the uncertainties of Rashawn Gary. So I think 
I think Venice still gets plenty of opportunities. I can see McDonald and Venice being the, the main two producers of that group this year. Uh, but like you say, man, we're looking at all three of them as potential studs down the road. They all have it. If you're looking strictly yeah. at this year, it's McDonald and Venice for me. Uh, Future-wise, I, I want all three. Finesse, high motor, you know, yep. producer. It, it's just the I, I want to see what he can do. Starting a full season, he don't have to start, but I want to see a lot of snaps out of him, and not just uh, you know half games. I want to see what he can do in, in the full game for extended extended periods of time because we didn't get to see that in college. Um, that's the only hesitations I have against yeah. him. Will McDonald's already won me over, and uh, Murphy. You know we've seen how productive he was in college, so <laughs> I expect him to to do big things. But yeah. he is stuck. I don't think you'd go wrong with either of the three. I really don't. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at this year for immediate production, is I guess it's just preference or whatever, but yeah. Well, that's some great questions. Thanks, Nick, Sal, Derek, Michael, Cole. Thank you all for uh, participating, giving us some questions. I could do a whole show on just questions. I would rather do a whole show on just questions and roster breakdowns and stuff like that. But because yeah. I think. When you listen to people, they're kind of telling you what their teams are like, right? What their what their concerns are, what their questions are. So I enjoy that. So thank you guys for uh, for participating and following. Um, we're one week away, or just a little over a week away, about a week and a half from the start of the season. So um, we'll be back next week. Um, I know Sal had a recommendation maybe do a mock draft of just idp um we may look into that if you want to i don't know exactly what we've got planned but we may look into that um do a mock draft or something so we'll see but anyway we thank the comments uh the questions the suggestions appreciate y'all we'll be back next tuesday so now that the season started we're going to do tuesdays um because there's no games um, getting in the way, and we can kind of recap what's happened the last week, kind of look ahead to the week before. So uh, check us out on Tuesdays. We may start doing live next week on our YouTube channel, so check that out. Um, I think that's something that people will kind of enjoy. Um, you know, we're into year five now, and we're, we're kind of behind the time, so we're going to try to catch up and, and do some live stuff. So Check that out. Um, but we'll be back next Tuesday. Um, thanks for listening. And with that, we are out.